Hello and welcome to the 21st episode of the fourth season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. I mean the uh, Plebs on AFL draft podcast. We can talk Andrew, draft that, if you want. That's all we care about is draft chat. Let's just do all yeah, that. Uh, who's your got... pick one? I don't know. I only care about pick two. Mate. Okay, who's your pick in. two? I have absolutely no idea. No, is it Raul and Anderson are pick one and two, are Yes, they? yes, yes. Which order is it meant to go in? Raul and Anderson. In that order? Yeah. After that, I would not have a clue. I know I've heard of that guy that you wanted who was quick. Lockie Ash. That's the one. That's yeah, the that's one the I want. Yep, I heard of There's him. There's Caleb because... Sarong as well. Okay. There's a guy called It's not going to matter because we're going to get Raul or Anderson and then we'll be happy probably Anderson. You know <laughs> what you're telling me. <laughs> they are definitely giving Gold Coast a priority pick. You're getting pick three. Uh, no, but will it definitely be a after their first pick priority pick? It might be a like end of the first. Honestly, round I'm mostly just like trolling that. you. You're probably getting pick two. Oh, banjo! So I, honestly, but the reason you're getting pick two is I can't see you winning another game. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, I am, mate. I am. Mate. <laughs> pick two, I'm happy with it. Uh, no, honestly, do you feel a little bit jealous that you you stuffed up and you won a few games and now you're not going to have? One of the um, first two picks in the uh, a draft. A, a draft. Of two I don't players. think either of them will be better than Cam Zerha. So what's it really matter? Cam Zerha, he's no good, mate. He's I'm the, not, I'm just not the leading Cam goal Zerha. kicker of all rising eligible players, and he's not even played a full season. He's kicked more than Rosie. Who else? Because who else is a goal kicker in this class? Oh, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, uh, you you sounded a little bit depressed with your uh, messaging during the weekend as well, which was uh, quite nice to see. You, you you were saying stuff about Carlton are going to run over the top of you. You were saying they'll, they'll be doing you favours by getting you a draft pick and stuff like that. Yeah. Are, well, you, are you feeling miserable now? or uh, Not really. It's a couple hard, of weeks it's hard ago to, you were going to make finals. It's hard to be miserable when the person I talk to about football is just so <laughs> much more miserable than I could ever get. Oh. You really do me a favour. You keep me buoyant because... You know, at least I can be take joy out of your misery. My most miserable I've ever been, Banjo. It's it's a, it's at a new level. I just don't. We keep saying just, it, but you're I a guy. You've now flown. We'll say business class. You haven't won a flag or anything. You haven't flown first class, but you flown business class, <laughs> and now you're back. You're not just in economy. Yeah. You're in economy with two morbidly obese people cramping your room. You, <laughs> you've got babies uh, crying all yeah, around yeah, you. You're not getting any sleep. You are in the absolute uh, pits. Mate, bring on the ashes. That's all I can say. That That's all that matters now. Just just bring on the ashes. Uh, who's your tip for the ashes then? Uh, we're not going to win it, I reckon. The Poms will get up, despite they getting rolled They did nearly wild. lose to Ireland. And they've been bowled three times in a session in the a year or something. Uh, have you picked the 11, which you would uh, won? The Australian 11? Have you decided? Um, I know this is what people come to listen to this podcast for, <laughs> I, I but I haven't. I haven't. I just... My, my thing is, I want to play all five bowlers. <laughs> <laughs> will, uh, will Wade play? Oh, surely not. Oh, really? Uh, they can't do it because it's too much of a thing at, for pain. There's too much politics going on there, I reckon. Well, who are they going to play at six then? Oh, I don't know. Every, all the batsmen were doing well. Bancroft might get a run because he's played well. Yeah, but well, he, you think he's going to open if he's playing. But yeah. Harris is in for sure. Yeah, I don't know. They worked yeah. with Hussey playing an open out down low. Yeah, I guess it did, Banjo. I guess it did. But anyway, should we actually talk about the, the crap sport now? Yeah, let's, let's move on to the football. Uh, Another big week. At least we have a bit of happiness for everyone because we do start with a bit of joy with the uh, gold jacket, green jacket. Because as we know, Banjo... Can I just say, you normally say this sarcastically, but this <laughs> would have to be your favourite segment this year because Melbourne are always in it and it means we don't talk about you that much. Yeah, it does make me feel pretty good. And we're in it again this week. But Banjo, <laughs> stop sidetracking me because we need everyone needs to know what the segment is and why it's called what it is. The segment is gold jacket, green jacket and the title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore, the movie 
movie starring Adam Sandler. Uh, Who Gold- directed it? Shut up. The, li- <laughs> the line is Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit? And we give three, two, and one votes for the most meaningless games of the round. Really tightly contested Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. Cracking this week, contest was, this week. There was Better contest possi- in Gold Jacket, Green Jacket than there was in the actual football. Exactly. There, there was st- that's why this is exciting. Because even in, even in bad weeks of footy, we get a close contest in Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. There were six possibles. I ended up nailing it down to about five. Then you had to put a tiebreaker in there to split one and two votes. But because you're so biased against Melbourne, our one vote... Isn't going to Melbourne. It's going Brisbane defeated Hawthorne by how many points was it again, Banjo? Twenty-seven in front points. Of you? Twenty-seven points. So quite a boring margin with the uh, expected team winning. Good win regardless, though, for Brisbane. Yeah, down in Tassie, it's always a good win. Yeah, and I am at that point with Brisbane when you are just waiting and seeing and thinking that there's going to be a down at some point. But, gee, they've got a consistent run going. Even the down they've had was Carlton. It doesn't look too bad with the low It doesn't look playing. terrible now, but, like... Like in fair, we say we wait loss. for it. No, no teams are perfect. Like they probably will have a bad loss at some point for the rest of the year. Yeah. But that's not going to be long lost the sport and the Bulldogs. Yeah, that would this that would have been no different to had Brisbane lost this game, but they didn't. They were on the road yeah. and they won. It's and a really good win. They've put together a strong enough stretch of form now. It is a thing that they are good, and unless they start losing drastically mm. for a few weeks in a row, I'm going to be pretty confident they'll probably be going to a preliminary final. They are a good team, and they're winning it in different circumstances, as we've been saying. And uh, this week, I'd like they got beaten now that uh, contested ball clearances still managed to get the win, and that's. As I say, that's always a sign of a really good team when things aren't quite on your terms to be able to still be clean enough to get away with a win. So, good for Brisbane. You want to say anything about the irrelevant team, Hawthorne, Banjo? Um, not particularly, to be honest. I, as everybody knows, this is the most the team I have the most antipathy for it all. Just cannot it? ever be fair. No, Bulldogs don't overtake them? No. Well, actually, to be honest, it's Essendon. But Essendon at least stir an emotion. <laughs> Hawthorne, I'm lot. just over. You I hate everybody. You have a lot everybody. in that category, don't you? <laughs> no, that, maybe that should be the top five next week, your most hated teams. I'll yeah, be, just I'll me. Be curious. <laughs> and I'll do my, my favourite teams to put some positive spin on things, Banjo. You act like you're an old chipper, but you've been the grumpiest person I've ever Last seen Last year. year, I was happy, Banjo. Last year, I was happy. No, I can't it's... imagine what the reason would have been. <laughs> <laughs> how, could you, how could I possibly be... Anything but miserable right now. But anyway, Banjo, yeah, speaking of misery. Fine. Let's oh. move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Speaking of misery, Banjo, St. Kilda defeated Melbourne by 19 points. That's the Very uh, flattering margin game. for you, I thought, given you're a 20-goal worse side than everybody else playing. That was needlessly harsh. I don't know why I did that. <sighs> yeah, no, this one, Banjo, was... Uh, <laughs> Look, the skills have been an issue for quite a long time now, and that was still to an extreme level. This was probably the worst we've been at defending the spread for quite a long time. Oh, back in, to the good old days. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was St Kilda who exposed us the biggest with that earlier in the year when they just utterly slaughtered us on the switch. There was a fair bit of that going on uh, on uh, Saturday night again, which was quite frustrating to see because that was something which we have somewhat addressed. That. As I've said before, there were some issues at the start of the year which we have addressed to an extent, but just other stuff is just coming up now. And every time you plug a leak, another one springs. Yeah, up. pretty That's much. Your problem. Um, and even from an injury point of view, we bring back our back line, and then in that week, Tom McDonald and Wiedemann are both out, and it's just <laughs> it's just one of those years. But look, this was quite depressing to watch this game. I, I do have to say, reason being, like I didn't. You know that I've been a bit flat. I haven't really cared that much. And I went to the game being like, yeah, I'll watch it, whatever. I wasn't thinking too much about it. But this like reality kind of hits you halfway through the game. This thing of St. Kilda, not that long ago, even like halfway through the year, I was saying, this St. Kilda game, that's one, one game we're going to win. We'll probably come home playing quite good footy because I think we're a good team underneath it all. 
Do you he gets to this point. That- it's like I tips and Kilda. I'm watching the game. We're having a crack. We're trying, but realistically, I think St Kilda are better than us, and they're going to win the game. And, and they've just sacked their out coach like this year. Yeah, well, maybe that's helped them. Maybe that's mm. what we need to We get. should uh, transition <laughs> to Ratten. Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. I just meant, I just meant from a, uh, oh, the, the point of view of getting a bit of a spike for a while. That have, might get us how a win many or times two. have I said Goodwin should be sacked? No, and no, you've no, finally no, seen no. the light. He shouldn't be sacked. But I'm just saying there's a lot of teams who've got a bit more out of their season than they ordinarily would have because they sacked their coach. So it was a little bit of a joke in that regard, <laughs> Let's talk about St. Kilda, though. They've been pretty good the last couple of weeks. Was this? Were you so bad that it was just a win, or was St. Kilda actually showing something positive here? No, no, I definitely wouldn't say on the level of we were just terrible and then they were bad as well and happy mm. to get over the line. It wasn't. It wasn't a terrible game of footy. As I say, the the it was quite a hot game. It was quite a quick game, which isn't surprising. Both teams play a pretty pretty quick mm. style, and the the intensity around the ball was pretty good. St. Kilda's pressure was really good. Um, the skills did leave a fair bit to be desired. Um, which is not surprising from either no, team, to be honest. No, But St Kilda are playing, they're playing a pretty bold game, um, particularly at the moment, the last couple of weeks. They've clearly been given a real license to use the corridor and they were pretty pretty aggressive and pretty bold with the way they moved it. And then they just, they just wanted it more in the last quarter. They just, for most of the game, it was a thing of, we were winning the immediate contest and they were beating us on the outside, as you kind of expect. Yeah. But then in the last quarter, they lifted around the contest as well and then it just sort of And you can't away. win if you're not winning the contest, can you? No, and we're not very good. So mm. that's about all that comes down One to. One bright so. spot for St Kilda is... Uh, well, I was just going to say Hunter Clark's form's been good oh, recently. Oh, has it now? Yeah, it why, has, why would you be aware of that, Dan? I, I may have picked him up in our fantasy league and I may be watching him closely and liking what I see. He's uh, a lot stronger... These days, is moving through the ball well and finding a lot of it. Uses it well. Can kick on both feet. Uh, I like him. Now, I didn't want to keep talking about this game, but I just the other thing I quickly wanted to say: we haven't mentioned the great man Dalton Langlands and how oh, how yeah, he has finally, played a couple of games. Yeah. yeah, he's now played a couple. He uh, he's not a very good kick did for goal. Did is I what have I him learned. as my number one? Yes, he was your worst name in the AFL. You had him as number one. You you absolutely loved his name. Uh, look, he actually showed what a little bit. Not good for kicking for goal. He kicked one goal straight. I think he kicked two out in the fourth. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there were a couple he had from like 20 metres out and absolutely shanked them. Every time I got so excited about Dalton. But uh, he deserves a little bit of a mention. He's another uh, favourite of the pod. But anyway, Banjo, that's the two-vote game. Let's, let's move on from that. Three votes, Banjo, we're giving to Geelong defeated Sydney by 27 points. So to those teams, we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? This one's a bit stiff, isn't it? Why is it stiff, Banjo? It's prototype gold jacket, green jacket. First defeats, where is Sydney on the ladder? About 14th or something? By an even five goals. Is pretty this boring not margin. the exact same game as uh, Brisbane Hawthorne? Uh, it's pretty similar, Banjo. I, I will admit that. But I thought it was... And a bit both of, those teams are better than you. It's a bit more of an extreme gap between the two, Banjo, okay. is what I would say about it. All I'm going to say is... Uh, here comes your uh, your interstate bias. You didn't put your game for three votes like it should have been. Oh, bad ass. And uh, you may have had four Victorian teams in this week, but I think you're still called into question, oh, throwing Banjo. Sydney the three votes instead of Melbourne. Oh, please. This was a clear gold jacket, green jacket. The top team wins by five goals against a crap team. And it wasn't a very good game either. It was quite a boring game. Absolute rubbish football, Banjo. Nothing to talk about. Let's let's just move on to some I know, Congratulations football. to Tom Hawkins and kicking five goals in his 250th. That's he, notable. He did, he did do well. I and uh, Tim that. Kelly might be doing well with our Brownlow well, bet. Well, that's, that's all I care about when it comes to Geelong, Banjo. Mm. We want to win that Brownlow bet. Yeah, 
to be fair, they needed to arrest a bit of a form some, and they did well. That's a good win. It's not a great win. Yes. They always play terribly against Sydney. It was a win they needed to yeah. have. That that's what it was. But they did have it, and in the end, you just look but back at it. Anyway, let's not particularly end your memorable. boring segment and move on to my exciting one. Kane Corn's call it's the week. Not your segment, where Banger. we look at a call made in the media and really uh, expose it for what it is, and then make one ourselves, just so we don't get too high and mighty. Can I ask, are you still trying to claim that you thought of this segment? Uh, what is it? Manifest destiny. Speak it into existence. <laughs> <laughs> this was my segment. It's not your segment, Banjo. It's our segment. Stop trying to steal it's it. It's been my segment. Even Ever since I came up with it. But anyway, the Cane Corns Call of the Week <laughs> is made by... It was David King, wasn't it? I never actually double-checked this. Who uh, said it? Yeah, it was. It was, it was David King. King. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tim English will be the next Brody Grundy. <laughs> there are a lot of these comments going around. Yeah, and uh, we keep that. talking about them because we think they're ridiculous every time they're made. Brody Grundy's a good ruckman and then everything else he does makes him great. Tim English is a terrible ruckman, has always been a terrible ruckman, has never won a hit-out. Brody Grundy, even when he was young, was winning hit-outs. I just don't understand where the comparison's made. Well, let's point out the uh, the biggest problem with this, Banjo. I sent you a picture of the uh, the stats coming out of the game. And <laughs> what were the hit-outs? It was... Uh, let's get it for up. 56 to 14, yeah. I think, off and, the top of my and head. Look, sometimes people make that argument of, oh, yeah, you lost the hit-outs if you win the clearances. They still lost the clearances as well. It was a game in which they dominated, and that was the one area of the game they were beaten, was in the ruck. And it's not as if he dominated yeah, around the ground touches. either. Yeah, and like four marks or something. Two marks. Why is this the call coming out of this round from Kingy? Now, yeah, he, we, we may have done this as the Cane Corns a couple of weeks ago, Banjo, but we feel very, very passionately. Yeah, we're doubling down. We're very anti If you say something twice and it's stupid both times, we're, no, we're going to call it out two times. Are we branding him an enemy of the pod? We did our top five enemies of the no, pod. No, because I, I don't think Tim English is the enemy. Yeah, it's the rating of Tim English that's the yeah, enemy. Let's not, yeah. let's not, yeah, uh, let's not confuse our yeah, We don't dislike And to English, be honest, yeah. I, I see why people think he has potential. It's just not in the ruck. He's got to be a different role if he's going to succeed. Uh, is he going to be a good key forward, though? I think he could be. Mm, I don't even know if he he's has He's got that, a little bit of the hip put about him. Like There's a lot of... He moves fluidly, he disposes the ball well. A lot of stuff you would like to see, and you do see it in the ruck. Well, when he's playing ruck, sorry, is really good. It's just whenever there's a ruck contest, he's terrible, <laughs> and that is the main part of your job as a ruckman. Look, I agree with you that he's definitely more chance of making it as a forward, but I wouldn't be super confident of that either. I just think he's a real. He's going to be a player who plays like a hundred games because they just keep giving him games out of potential, and he he'll just never pl- quite. Makes he'll it. probably make play two hundred, hundred and fifty. They were going to give him games forever. Uh, the best thing about it, he's not as young as people think. He's 21, about to turn 22. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty young for a big man. Yeah, but people treat him like he's 19 and should put on weight guaranteed. He's 22. He's going to put on not that he's, much he's more weight. Those, he's not going to put on weight. He's just one of those bodies. And his rut craft is awful. Uh, he's like Chris Bosch, always skinny. That reference doesn't mean anything to you, I know. Basketball, I assume. Yeah, I kept hoping Chris Bosch would put on weight and get more rebounds. He didn't. Yeah, Jack Watts, Sam Wiedemann. There's a lot of them around there, Banjo. A lot yeah, of them. Tim English is like an extra foot tall, so it's just beanpole. Yes, yes. He's, he, even he's more definitely extreme. a skinny man, and he's a very average ruckman, that's for sure. Uh, who's Kane Corns call of the week first, Banjo? Uh, we'll go with yours, my one, as well, is tradition. My one, I'm just going to do a Kane, as he likes to do sometimes, and just give myself a little pat on the back. <laughs> I told you Eddie Betts is overrated, Banjo. I've been saying this for years, and finally his coach realises it. The world wakes up, and they realise that So that's what's happened. That is no realised that job. Eddie Betts is ordinary. He leads that football side in goal assists and goals. 
And he's, he? uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's he's ordinary, is he? Yes, but he gets the his goals. I think he's kicked two bags of six against the Gold Coast. He and, still kicked twenty odd goals keep, in fifteen games against other twenty six goals. He keeps kicking like two or three when the game's over and they've won the game. Whenever the game is actually on the line, Eddie Betts has done nothing this year. And to be honest, it's the thing of Eddie Betts' whole career. His best year was. I mean, I know okay, it let, works let's out. put this year aside. Let's put what he's do, doing this year to side. But you're saying that because he's getting dropped now, when he's clearly cooked, as somebody actually said and should pat themselves on the back for saying earlier this year about round three, uh, that was me for all those who didn't get the reference. Yes, Banjo, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and now he's overrated. It wipes off all the other no, stuff. No, it's clearly a thing of he has been overrated this whole time and now the world has finally woken up to You're it and he got dropped. I'm not entirely sure that I logically follows. I was right, Banjo. Like if, if you've, clearly if, I was right. If we follow your breadcrumbs as a group of listeners and I'll put myself in their <laughs> shoes and you just you make one call and it just goes that little bit too far away from all the facts you've laid out before them. It doesn't make any sense, Scott. He's going to be back next week, isn't he? Of course he is. <laughs> they lost to Carlton. And he dominated. Well, yeah, he kicked, he kicked four, four goals and, and laid a stack of tackles and did everything that they'd want him to do. So he's going to be back in. But And honestly, let's not pretend Adelaide's selection's been coherent and good this year. We've been criticising the whole year for what, how they've treated I agree, kids. but it was good that they finally made the right decision <laughs> in trying Eddie Betts, Banjo. Anyway, let's... Be uh, fun. Do you reckon there's a chance I'll just bring back like five players this week? Because Eddie Betts... Dom- uh, sorry, Eddie Gibbs Betts... dominated. Gibbs dominated. Jacobs was really good. Hugh Greenwood dominated. Douglas was really Douglas good. Douglas dominated. Do you reckon they could O'Brien be- did get hurt, didn't he? I don't know, dude. I think he got hurt late. Yeah, so okay. maybe. <laughs> Funny, they just bring in just everyone oh. back in within a week and just backflip on everything don't they've they have been doing. they have the Gold Coast or something? No, they've played the Gold Coast twice. Who have they got this week? Oh, I don't It'll know. be someone. Someone that they should be. They'll definitely be playing someone. <laughs> no, just, <laughs> that, that's probably true, Banjo. Forget uh, about it. Do your Cane Corns. They've got St. Kilda. Uh, my Cane Corns. <laughs> so the team that finishes eight this year is going to be the worst top eight side since Gold Coast and GWS entered the competition. I say that because I can't remember any further back. Yeah, I'll but be, <laughs> when you first raised that with me, I was like, "What does Gold Coast and GWS have to do?" Just seemed anything? like a nice An amount of time line <laughs> to draw. Two thousand twelve to, to try but, to make it sound like a big call. Uh, look, no, look, fair enough, fair enough. So someone's going to stumble into and the they're going to suck. It. I think it probably will still be Adelaide because their like draw is pretty be. easy. But they're going to suck. That, it feels like they're trying. It, to be fair to the dogs, if they make it, they'll probably have earned it to get there. But everybody else, no. <laughs> like Adelaide, they lose to Carlton. Who was it again? They lost to someone else really crap a few weeks ago. Just they, they feel like they're trying to not make the eight at the moment. Like, and they're just probably just going to stumble they over the line. lost to Essendon the week before when they were five goals up, which was yeah, a bad loss. I think before that it was... I oh, know they beat Gold Coast Bay. Oh, yeah. No, it was the one points. before that. <laughs> so four weeks ago, they <laughs> lost to Port by 57 yeah, points. okay, okay. But like they are putting up some pretty terrible performances at the moment, almost like they're trying to not make the eight. But they're still probably going to stumble in there because there's no one else that's good enough to make it. So eighth position is going to look pretty grim. Yeah. And see, I was going through this. Uh, I was talking with uh, um, mate Charlie, and I was saying, uh, off the top of my head, I was like, oh, I reckon the teams that will finish eighth will be uh, worse than the t- some of the teams that finish outside. I looked through it. No, it doesn't get any better. There's no one good coming up that yeah. would actually challenge them. Yeah, I mean, who's who's likely to challenge for the eight? Port and the Bulldogs, probably. Yeah. And, and like, Port is another team who've been trying desperately to not make the eight the way they've been playing. I think, who's tried harder not to make the eight? Port or Adelaide? 
Oh, like it's a fair battle between them. They, they, the whole of South Australia would just be exploding at the moment. Like the, the two of them How are the most angry. Would you be? Teams. And they they would they would treat it the same way any Richmond supporter would with the membership microwaving that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, it'd be fun being over there. Yeah, not yeah. Being it, a it supporter. actually it would be really interesting <laughs> to see which supporters are more miserable. I suppose it would just be and Port at both, the moment. They've but both been mediocre, which is great. At least Port are younger. So, I don't know. It's an interesting discussion. Who's the more <laughs> frustrating out of those two teams this season? Okay, but let's move on then. Uh, Richmond defeated Collingwood by 32 points in a big result. Ominous would be the word to describe this one, Banjo. Last year, I said Collingwood weren't in the top five uh, premiership fancies. Does this change your mind at all? Do you agree with me now? When, when, when did you... Oh, you said it last week. Yeah. You said last year, I think. Uh, yeah, that would have made no sense. Uh, well, <laughs> look, I probably do, Banjo, but we were having a look through their injuries. They are before. 19 is their list on the injury list at the moment, which means they have 25 players available. You need to have 26 to have four, cause four emergencies now. Yeah. So they don't even have enough to have... So they're gonna they're gonna be pl- they're gonna have three players. They've got three players that are tests. So that would bring them then up to twenty eight, which is still they will have two players not selected in the emergencies, or better. Uh, yeah. Imagine being one of those two. And look, I look. I believe for quite a long time their injuries have been bubbling along in a pretty dangerous area. And I well, you you've been saying that injuries aren't the main reason. I probably agree with that. They've been struggling outside of that anyway. I think it's probably. Now it will be the main yeah, reason. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We've got to the point. And it, look, it was probably after this week because there were injuries this week that occurred. Dugowie being yeah. the big one, of course. So it's at this point now. We're from, from now looking forward, it's hard to see it being salvageable. But that doesn't mean that they were in this dark place because of injuries in the first place. But it's, yeah, just, it's been a disappointing season all around. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I agree. It's not only the injuries that are disappointing. That midfield hasn't clicked all year. The forward line seems... Over reliant on Jaden Stevens to be working. Um, oh, and I guess Goey, but he's moved out because the forward line's been ordinary. The midfield's been ordinary, and yeah. the back line's actually probably held up okay. That's probably rough yeah. head and more has probably been two of the shining lights for them. But yeah, defensively they haven't had too many issues. Their midfield hasn't been at the level we were hoping for. Seeing their midfield, no, but I, I honestly I feel like since Stevenson went out, the, the main problem has been forward line issues. Yeah. They just it just hasn't been coherent where they had such a such a precise mm. style earlier, which just looks so good early in the yeah, year. Yeah, so many times we came away going, wow, they moved the ball so well, so clean. Everybody knows where they're all going. And it just unravels with one player, which doesn't feel yeah, like it should. I don't think anyone would have expected Steven. Like Everyone knew Stevenson was an important out, but to be at this level, yeah. I don't think anyone really saw that coming. Uh, but for Richmond, uh, ominous. They're now premiership favourites with the betting market, as yeah. I uh, called last week as well. Yeah, well, no, I still think the... So, last week I had West Coast as number one. I'd so, still, you're not giving me any credit whatsoever? West no. Coast the third favourite? No, I say West Coast are the safe option because I suspect they'll finish top two and then they'll make the grand final. So, they're the safer oh, shit, option. Shit, where, shit. where with the Richmond, <laughs> they're still going to have to get that big win in the first final to get in the box seat, which I would say probably the likelihood is I expect them to, mm. but that's not definite. They'll probably have to beat Geelong. And if... Geelong are playing their they're, best, that's going to be a really, really interesting game. They're every chance of finishing top two. If they, I did a ladder predictor. I had them finishing fourth, but that was on percentage, and I hadn't changed the margins. They're, so if they finished, if they finish on the amount of wins I had them finishing on, which again is a perfect run home from them, they could easily make it to top two. 
Their percentages are fair way back, though. Oh, it's isn't not it? that far anymore. They because yeah. they played the Gold Coast, yeah. which and, always helps, and absolutely flogged them. But they're yeah, just... so it's one hundred and nine to one sixteen. So it is a chunk back, but it's not that bad. Yeah, that they just they just look so powerful at the moment. And mm. that's how this. There's different ways in which teams move the ball forward, but I, I would say power would be the way that you describe it. Yeah, their forward handball the is back and working very precisely. They've kept trying to do it all year, but it looked a bit impotent at times when they didn't have the cattle on the park and it just didn't seem to click as well as it does usually. But now that players are back, oh, it is just so clean. And when it's not clean, and this was the hallmark of when they won the flag and last year before they choked, when it's not clean, it still ends up in a good result for them because they just keep wheeling the ball they're, forward. They're prepared to get some ugly ball yeah, going and forward as well. They've been fantastic like, the last two months with that. We month. all know how good their pressure has been around the ball, but then when they win the contest, they always have some mm. outriders on the outside and they hit the ball with such pace. And then yeah. they just get on the outside and they're just away and they're kicking it long out the back and they're direct and it's just it just feels powerful. And they just... There's just the way they're playing at the moment is that Richmond at their best, and that is what's so frightening about it. Again, they they haven't locked in a top two position. That's the thing which makes you put a little question mark yeah. on it. But like, on form, they're looking like the best team yeah. at the moment. To be honest, I think they'd rather finish uh, fourth than third. Yeah, then, they'd much rather play Geelong at the G than have to travel to either Brisbane or. West Coast, really, or probably Perth. Partic- particularly West Coast. Well, yeah, Perth. The way they play, <laughs> the way that they play. Yeah, West in their Coast two, isn't a place. The way they played in their two finals mm. last year was with that crowd there. West Coast in a final over at Optus Stadium yeah. would be quite a frightening uh, proposition. But God, if they get a bloody final at the G, uh. it's going to be scary. But anyway, let's move on. Carlton defeated Adelaide by twenty-seven points. The Teague bandwagon rolls on. He's done very well for himself. The Carlton are moving well. He certainly has done well for himself. They've just become so good on the inside since he's taken over. They really should be given they have probably the best player, contested player in the league. Yeah, but they had that when Bolton was there as well and they weren't dominant yeah, but in that area. I think we need to stress how much Bolton handicapped himself by then taking Kerno out and Murphy out, who's not a noted contested player, but at least is a bit of experience and a bit of uh, mature body out of the midfield. Both those guys have played much more in that area area recently and it just gives enough support for the young kids to be better. We're learning now that, well, on reflection, Carlton did the same thing Melbourne did in a lot of ways this year. They just took too much experience out and they shouldn't have because it just hurts. Yeah, and they've just tweaked a little bit with positional stuff. Like, I think that probably is the main thing that they've had their best and most experienced players in the middle of the ground. That makes a big difference. But then they've had like Kennedy's been playing quite well, being pushed forward. Yeah, that has he, been he a was good a player move. who'd been really struggling. Petrevsky Seaton played a little bit back the last couple of weeks, and you know, pretty good ball use to have off half back. He's just sort of tweaking with things a little bit, and a lot of it seems to be working at the moment. But the biggest thing out of this week, Adelaide. As much as we've criticised them, their go-to this year has been contested ball clearances. That's they been where they're strong. It. Carlton didn't have Cruiser, who I think is easily their most important player. I think just the what he does for them around the ball just gets them to... Oh, no. Over Crips? Yeah. I think in terms okay. of importance to how they go in a... They won without Crips. But That's won true. Cruiser this yeah. week. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the way that he gets his body in there and blocks for the other players around the ball. Um, I think he's super important. To have him out, and for them, they utterly destroy them yeah. in the clearances in the contested ball. 
And the ruck was close. It was four hit-outs difference over the game. So it wasn't particularly a, a ruck domination from Phillips over O'Brien, who's been pretty good as well. So you would have expected O'Brien to take a bit of advantage of the He's been very good, yeah. But absolutely none at all. And yeah, the clearances was an absolute was smash. 51 to 28. That doesn't, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Cripps had 19 of them, I know. You're on AFL.com. I am, yeah. I got 52 to 29 on AFL.com. Well, there's not a big difference between them. No, it's the exact same margin. I'm just confused. <laughs> and center clearance is 16 to 8. So like that, that is massive. And I know Cripps had 19 of them, which is... A, is that a record? It's close. That would have to be that, a record. That's an absurd number. When I saw that flash up on the screen, I thought it was wrong. I yeah. thought it was a typo. I mean, that's a lot of disposals, let alone clearances yeah. for a player. If you have 19 disposals, you're like, oh, I played okay. If you had it all as clearances, you ended up with like 35 or something. He's been good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for Adelaide... 39. <laughs> yeah, no, this this is a real nadir for them. Like, we've been lamenting what's gone over there for quite a while, just complaining about the way they're moving the ball. But it's actually damaging their ability to win games too. Now, they look so inept while playing Carlton. They just didn't have any any ability to move the ball and look dangerous at all. And Weedering just dominated the air. Their key defenders all just dominated in the air because none of Jenkins or uh, Walker are particularly, or Lynch, who's a pseudo-key forward, are good overhead. They're fine at best on their good days. They can take a contested mark. But if their game plan, and it was, was just pump it long and sit it on people's heads... But they don't have the personnel to play that way. Like, it was yeah, it, reminiscent of when it went wrong for Collingwood trying to do that with Mason Cox. It, it's slow ball movement. That that that's what's doing it. They they they're just really slow at moving the ball forward. When that happens, Carlton or whatever team will get their numbers back, and then you end up just having to bomb it in long. They're just they're not moving with the same sort of efficiency as they did a couple of years ago. And I, I think it also starts with the ball movement through the middle of the ground. Um, but like this week was particularly bad for them. Like we we've been lamenting the fact that they've been defensive and they haven't. They've been playing teams who are they they are better than, mm. and they've been keeping the other team in the game and keeping it close. They're not burying teams. Yeah. That's what's been worrying us previously. But this was just even in the game in which they're trying to play, which is a contested slow game. They got slaughtered in that area against a team who I know they've been in reasonable form, but they're not a great team. So that that's what this is is a particularly bad loss for for Adelaide, and it just shows that I think they're just losing a lot of belief and a lot of energy in the way that they're playing. This this was particularly bad, and it'll be interesting to see how extreme their response is next week, and if they come out just all guns blazing, because this was an effort based thing as much as anything. Yeah, and Adelaide, if they're going to play the way they are, they have to bring effort, and they're not consistent in that because they're an older side that can't, that doesn't have that energy. They've got to be better and more clean and just more clinical because that's what you should have with an experienced side. And they're the older side in the competition, and the way they've they've all lost trust in each other. Clearly, they yeah. don't have any. Yeah, very, yeah, very much. None true. of them are cheating off opponents or anything and that's said with sort of a negative context a lot of the time but Adelaide used to be great at creating space by knowing when to go and knowing when to spread there's just none of that anymore they don't have any faith in each other and it's what's killed them in a lot of ways they, they just they just don't look like they're having fun and yeah th- that that is quite important because they just play with no energy is the what <laughs> Don Pike has changed their game plan into the biggest footballing tragedy like pure <laughs> football tragedy well, I mean, how Not different is it to adjacent. what happened with Ken Hinckley a few years ago when Port Adelaide were the most exciting team to watch and then in a year or two they were 
incredibly defensive and boring. It's it's quite it's similar. It's very similar. What is yeah. in the water in Adelaide? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. As we said before, South Australia would just be tearing their hair out just across the entire state at the moment. <laughs> oh, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, we're going to touch on this game very quickly, then move on. Uh, yeah. West Coast defeated North by 49 points. Uh, Look... We just had our pants pulled down here. West Coast were really good. I don't desperately want to elaborate on it too much, Banjo. I don't think it's... This was pretty uh, close to the old gold jacket, green jacket. It was definitely thrown in the mix. Quite rightly. Yeah. uh, Josh Kennedy, how good was he? Oh, he just took a giant shit on us. He was awesome. He was so clean. Their ball movement forward was just impeccable. They just... It was very much the best version of West Coast they played and a lot of that was the way we got beaten in the midfield and allowed uh, them to have space and once they've got space they're going to kill anybody but yeah they were just so clean Lewis Jetter off halfback just is unbelievable he's got it. I thought he was done I thought after he left Sydney there was a couple of years where yeah, there was in the he wilderness. wasn't good for West Coast his first couple there I yeah I I I'd, I'd given up on him. I thought okay, he was a real talent. He's good at one thing, but just hasn't been. There. But they've got him in a role where he's really just working. about as good a kick as Hearn. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's I, scary because Hearn is probably the best kick in the competition. I th- and I think early on we we forgot how good a kick he was because we were yeah. so focused on him on the being run. quick and his running and stuff that we didn't think about what it was like when he actually mm. used it. But now he's in that role where he's taking a bit more time at his disposal and he is a beautiful kick of the footy. Yeah, he just he he hits that latch sort of that 45 degree pass that opens teams up that West Coast go to all the time better than yeah. just about anybody. He's just a they just freak. they just have the personnel to play and, that and game, he's don't they? you now using his speed uh, his speed not to break lines but to create the space to use his leg to break line break line so he's staying out of the contest and giving himself space from everybody so that when he gets the ball he's got time and he can actually hit the kick perfectly yeah, and it's just he's, he's, it works so well he's got a bit smarter with yeah the, way the amount of times himself. you see him run sideways to make sure he's not tackled while he can look at somebody upfield. It just it's so frustrating because you feel like you should get tackled if a guy's just running sideways and you never does it, it's great for the competition that West Coast did this because I think there was this thing of most eyes were on the Friday night games if that was a, mm. this big thing and Richmond were just so dominant there was yeah. always oh geez Richmond are amazing and then for a team who is in that sort of bracket of Richmond in that we're waiting to see how good they are for them to put up such a dominant impressive performance it, yeah. it, it does make a bit of gee we have a couple of really good teams really building towards finals yeah i think we've with those two performances we've really crystal and brisbane's recent run we've crystallized the top four i think there's a clear top four collingwood's drop off and gws just not being quite there yeah i've really just given a bit of breathing room geelong i still think uh, they played better and they're still in the conversation but those West Coast and Richmond, God, they're in hitting form at the right time. Yeah, on form at the moment, that's where it sits. And with uh, with Kennedy, like he has been building form. Like yeah. he's looked well, so real Darling. dangerous. Well, just... Darling's second in the Coleman anyway, but or third in the Coleman. But he's just been the further the season's gone on, he's done a lot better at moving up the ground and linking between play, which is I think he'd been had to be more stay at home because Kennedy wasn't lifting. But as Kennedy's lifted, Darling's like his area of influence has just grown and he can roam a bit again. He they are imposing it as ever again. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the fact it looks like we're going to have a couple of very good teams come the end of the year. Yeah, because for a while I thought yeah, it was a bit grim. There's a few teams limping around. I'm not exactly sure where everyone sits, but at the moment that is a couple of real yeah. powerful As soon teams. as week one of finals is done and eighth is kicked out, we'll be good. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but exactly anyway, right. let's move on to our top five, and we're going to do this in honour of uh, Nuffies on AFL pages. Yeah, we've stolen another idea. Yeah. We do it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we're doing to list our top five Nuffies. They're currently hosting a bracket to determine who their top Nuffy is, and uh, we thought we'd just give out two cents. We just went cents. through the bracket and decided basically where yeah, we so think it's going to So who's your finish. number five? Well, no, you've got an honourable mention, I do have you? an honourable mention. It was someone who, like... Sounds he pro- painful. Yeah, he probably doesn't quite fit in it, but he's a real growing Nuffy. He's, just, he's really just starting to come out with a lot of Nuff calls, and he's losing all forms of analysis. I've got the Duck Wayne Carey as an honourable mention. I just... Like, there was that call earlier in the year, which I sent to you, which he said about Melbourne. He's just like, they just need to drop a player. Just to make a statement, drop a player. And they asked him, who do you suggest? And he's like, I don't know. It's just to make a statement. Like, that is such a nuffy supporter. Just a guy in the crowd being like, I'm angry. Let's just drop someone. Rather than having any actual analysis or thought behind what he's doing. And there's been a lot of that bubbling around with the Duck. And I, you know I used to really like him as a mm. special commentator. But he used to have him right up there with old Gaz. He just says big ranting and raving stuff now. Like just, just, just big calls about like culture and stuff like that. And he never actually analyzes the game. So he, he's growing into a bit of enough, but he's not quite there yet. Who's your five? My five, Banjo. Uh, I know he's going to be a bit higher up for you. I've got Tom Brown at five. This staggers me. I like. Have you read any of his work? What, his Twitter work or his... All of it. Look, I mostly know Tom Brown off the stuff he does. Seven, bit of Triple M stuff. Just hearing him speak for the most part. He's just so dumb. Yeah, I, like, I agree he's dumb and the thing on top of it, he's really weird. He's a really strange bloke. He just doesn't seem to fit in anywhere. He always seems really uncomfortable. Well, he got his but job just, through nepotism. His dad like runs Channel 9 or Channel 7 yeah, or something. Yeah, I just, I just don't see him as Nuffy. When I think of Nuffy, it's just that like, you know, just an average supporter in the crowd who just gets angry and riled up about stuff. I just, I don't think he's quite enough. He's a bit too strange to be a nuffy, if you know what I'm saying. I fundamentally disagree like, with you. He tries to be smart. He's just an idiot. Have you heard him talk about MH37? No. He's just a full-on conspiracy theorist. He talks about Bitcoin more than anybody should. And he talks about Russians. But, he's just, he's completely nutcase. I, I think nutcase. there's a difference between being an idiot and being a nuffy. I think he falls more in there the idiot absolutely category, is not. There is a the, little bit of a difference. I don't know how I could define it, I but just, there is a little I bit. I fundamentally of disagree that there is a difference. They are enough. Is just a modern way of calling someone an idiot. Nah, nah, it's a little different, especially from a sporting point of view. Okay, my five. I've gone with a secret nuffy. I think the more you listen to him, the more you realise he's a nuffy. A secret nuffy. Eh? It's Chris Judd. <laughs> yeah. I've said this quite a few times now. This bloke thinks he's smarter than he is. The amount of times he says really stupid things and just puts his foot in his mouth. The training wheels thing about Teague, before he'd had a chance to really show anything, it's just idiotic, and he's going to walk those comments back so hard, so quickly, be- with the way he's been uh, performing. And just, oh, I can't stand him. We know this. <laughs> this is long-term. Look, I, I can't stand him equally as much, perhaps even more than you, but you're going <laughs> to laugh. I probably, again, I think he's an idiot, but I don't think he quite falls into I the just, nuffy category. I'm really, you got to tell me what the difference I, no, is no, here. I, just, I think someone with Juddy, he's, like, he's quite well-groomed and quite sensible oh, and So you want someone disheveled. 
Well, I mean, look. The, I know who you your know number, my one, number is. one is. But like, <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I just don't see Juddie as being just some average person in the crowd who just yells out stupid stuff. But that's not what he is. He's a bit more. No, sort of yeah, calm you're right. He's he's more than it. Melbourne supported Nuffy. He'll sit there in the MCC and say yeah. his Nuffy comments to his mate and say it very respectfully, clap politely when there's a goal kicked. Yeah, perhaps, but I, I do think there's a little bit of a difference there. I do think there's a little difference. But anyway, Banjo, my number four, I've got BT at number four. Oh, low. Oh, yeah, but I'm pretty happy with the ones I've got above. <laughs> there are a lot of options. You have a stacked now, list. Now, BT is a classic Nuffy. He's just someone who just gets excited and just loves his footy and gets up and about about it. Like, he falls into that yeah, Nuffy Yeah, he very much fits well. your ideal version of a Nuffy. Yes, he's not quite the prototype, but he's not no. too far off. But I suppose he's just a little bit uh, lower down, probably for the reason that I'd like, I've got to the point now, it's been long enough... I quite like him. I quite enjoy oh, him. come on. I do. I quite oh. enjoy him. He makes me laugh. How I did love, this happen? I love roaming Brian. He's just... So he's, when he, when when uh, Lloyd's kicking out of the back pocket and nothing's happening at all, it's <laughs> they're four goals down, it's halfway through the third quarter, it is literally he's taken a chip mark from a kick out and then just chips it 15 <laughs> metres forward and he goes, Lloyd, I, you like that? Yeah, I chuckle about it and I'll generally laugh about it with whoever I'm watching the football with. I just think the footy season is better off with Brian Taylor there because he just gives you a bit of a chuckle. He comes back and it's, ah, oh, classic Brian, what are you doing this time? I, I quite enjoy him. Not at the dosages we've got. It's not better at the dosages we've nah, got. Nah, you just eventually just gotta just gotta accept uh, my it. My number four, it. Ralphie. Okay, I've got him at two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Ralphie. Yeah, he's just an absolute idiot. I just I can't stand him. He's so smug. Oh, he's incredibly so smug. smug. Yeah, he's smug, but he says nothing. I think the time in which I really grew to hate Ralphie was I listened to a bit of SCN, if you're not aware. <laughs> but there was a period of time where he was on weekly with uh, KB on it. And KB <laughs> would just be giving his dumb Nuffy opinion. And we'd get Ralphie on for half an hour. And Ralphie would just come on and just be like, you are so smart, KB. We're, we're just geniuses. We just know this is a fact. Like We just know this is how it is. And you're listening oh. to it being like, this is retarded. Just get someone on there who's prepared to say something different. He's just... He's an idiot. I don't know how he gets how he's become a big deal in the media. I don't get it. What does he bring to the table? I just think he's dumb. He's vaguely, I think he's, he's vaguely handsome. I think so. He, he gets the but TV he's not spots. Charismatic either. No. My favorite thing about Ralphie this year is his blatant barracking for Sydney Stack in the Rising Star. Like it's a media voted award, <laughs> and he's just blatantly barracking for the one player that's on his club. Is there's not even a pretense of uh, objectivity, and I didn't that, know that is was the most. But- Okay. Nuffy thing I've ever seen from the media. Yeah. Just, yeah. this is my club. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> falls into the category, old Ralphie. Uh, Just an average three. bloke who's an idiot. Three, speaking of people who I hate, uh, I've got Lingy at number three. Yeah, this <laughs> is fair. I dropped him out of mine. I mean, he just... How do you not have Lingy in there? He just he sums up enough. I got secret nuffies like Judd. Some I I've done mine as a public service. The secret nuffies need the light. He just yeah he, he just sums up what enough he is and how he commentates. He just gets excited about football and exciting passages of play. He'll just talk about stuff of all oh, the leaders are lifting now or oh, he's a good player and just just stuff like that. Just getting over the top excited about just the smallest issue. Never speaking about any structures or ball movement or anything like that at all. It's just all just how good is football? How good is this player? Yeah, he's just he just he looks at he's the, the mo- he's just a 
blank space, isn't he? He just he's white noise. Yeah, and he's not. He's annoying as well. And at someone who's he's not charismatic at all. He's not good looking. He's just. I mean, if he didn't play football, just he'd have no chance no, of doing anything. Speaking of people that remind me of Lingy, so Brett Kirk is a Sydney coach. Yes. He might eventually get a head coaching job. How good are his press conferences going to be? Oh, if they're anything like the... Probably the greatest... We just love Nick Blakey. <laughs> it was probably the greatest moment on te- football television ever was his pre-game. It never ceases to make me laugh. Every time it comes up on Facebook, I watch it. I've seen it a hundred times. I'm like, I'm going to watch it again. Honourable mention to him. <laughs> um, yeah. My three, Robert Walls. Old school uh, Nuffy. Okay, yeah. Used to used to like him to be honest. Yeah, Pretty so much did I. I really anyone I him. ever heard as a child who was on ABC Grandstand that I'd listened to as we left the game. I just liked. I don't know why. It was just a warm childhood memory I had. And uh yeah, he was on it, had a lot of respect, and now he's just an idiot. He's just gotten too old. Yeah. You think he's senile? I think, Maybe. I think he is just too old, though, because I, I really liked him on On the Couch as well. I found him quite smart. I always really rated his opinions. But, the, yeah, these days he says a lot of nuffy stuff, i.e. West, West Coast, Coast are going to win the Spoon Oh, to be fair, year. I think I had them at bottom four. <laughs> yeah, but he put them last, so yeah. we get to laugh at him. Yeah, over Gold Coast. But, yes, my two, was, my two was Ralphie, as you're aware. My two was Brian. Okay, so we've gone over them. So, obviously, we both got Robbo as number one. No. Mark Robinson. What do you mean, no? He is the prototype Nuffy. Everything I've just explained about what I thought a Nuffy is, he just sums it up perfectly. He's just a drunken yobbo who loves his footy to an extreme level, just looks at it like any average fan, and he just seems to have a platform. He is just a Nuffy with a platform, Robo, and I kind of like just, him. I love him too much to do him like that. I couldn't I like do it. I couldn't well, bring myself I, to do I it. I love his Nuffiness. He's a lovable Nuffy. That's, that's why I like yeah, him. Yeah, but I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Well, who have you got? Oh, it's Tom Brown. Easy. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it's not course. close. Yeah, I knew even that, even yeah. if I could do it to Robbo, he wouldn't have been number one. Tom Brown is just far and away the most nuffy bloke ever. Uh, he, he might. He might be the dumbest, but he's not the nuffiest. Tom Brown is a nuffy <laughs> in every single aspect of life. That's the, that's the only way I can describe Tom Brown. There's not yeah, a single. So that's getting very personal. <laughs> All he does is tweet about bad football opinions and bad MH37 takes. Just <laughs> terrible. How much does he tweet about him? It's like six or seven extended threads on it. And it's just like, it's too much. You just need to stop following him on Twitter, man. Your, it's your life too funny. Be, it's so too you funny. enjoy it. Okay. I absolutely so enjoy it. It's a bit of a BT it. enjoyment. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Let's get to our dogs defeating Frio by 47 points. Dominant display by the dogs. So why are they so up and down? Are you going to apologise yet about your call on the doggies when you said they'd win the spoon? And I never said they sacked? would win the spoon. I said they could, and I think I've been proven right given the fact they've lost to every single shit team in the competition. Banjo, they they, c- they could make finals. You said it before we were sitting on the couch <laughs> before, and you said I actually think the dogs are a chance to make finals. Can't admit it. You were wrong on the bulldogs. They're not bad. I absolutely was, and but I also young, I also said they. Could win the wooden spoon, not they will. And as long as you keep putting words in my mouth, I'm not going to admit I was wrong. But do you feel a little bit of... uh, I feel like the dogs actually are potentially building towards something quite good and they're being ignored quite a bit. They have a very young team. Because they've been so disappointed in the last three years. Yeah, maybe. 
But they, I mean, if Maybe. you if you look through their list at the moment, I mean, they've got McRae and Bont and Pelly are two of the best midfielders in the comp, and yeah. they're going to be around for a very very long time. They've got enough look through it. Caleb Daniel's a star, as you know, and he's young. <laughs> Lockie Hunter's not old. Dunkley's gone to Caleb a new Daniel level. Caleb Daniel gave away a very obvious push in the back free kick to Nathan Fife on the weekend, and absolutely lost his shit about it, and it was fantastic. Okay, all right, because you see, he's giving you some enjoyment. But uh, Dunkley has like turned into an A grader in the last yeah, couple of months. Yeah, he's a jet. Well, he's Last year was fantastic too. Again, very young player. They've got the superstar forward Aaron Norton there. I mean, if you look, if you look through them, they do not have like any young players playing at the moment, and they're playing some reasonable. You mean old players? Did what did I say? Young, Young. yeah. They don't have like any old players. Yeah, there was obviously Dale Morris, who's now done. Yeah, Trengove, I guess. He's only twenty-eight. How old is Dixon now? Oh, he'd be twenty-eight too. Yeah, probably thirty-one for Tory Dixon. Still got a fair bit of time to come. He was awesome, Bailey Dale. He was a cracker. Yeah. He had a great game. Well, he kicked a bag last week as well, didn't he? Yeah. Didn't he kick five last week? He did. Yeah. So he's a uh, potential. He's uncontracted. I feel like at the moment, doggy supporters would have a little bit of quiet excitement about. Them. I don't I think, think there's. I don't to. think they're that quiet. They're just no one's listening to them at the moment. Potentially, because I I haven't heard anything about it. But they are playing some pretty I reasonable. Like Bailey fear, Smith. And they have a good looking. He list. looks good. Yeah, he does look good. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you at all there. They, as much as it pains me to say it, have a lot of good building blocks in place. I think yeah. they need to fill out the list. Well, they, they still need better key position Key position players. issue, yeah. That's been an issue with them for It's ever. incredible that that has been an issue for pretty much my entire life. Yeah. Since Chris Grant retired. Yeah. It's been they had the brief period when they brought in Barry Hall as a mercenary, and that, yeah. that was it. There was it's them and it was similar with Frio until this year and yeah <laughs> it's just they all got injured it's incredible uh, that they can maintain that identity yeah and they bring in Boyd and they win a flag and then he goes yeah. back to what he, what has happened with him yeah. Uh, but yeah I agree they need a bit more size and a bit more uh, strength and presence around their key position areas but from a midfield point of view a lot of depth there and there's a lot of really good young players there so I think they're playing pretty well how good was our old mate Norton's goal. It was pretty good. Yeah. He did. He couldn't have done that playing in the back line, could you? Well, he could have. It just would have been a behind to the other team. I said this the last time you raced it. <laughs> well, I don't think that we would have wanted that to happen. I don't know. Though. We saw Mel Michael snap it from 30 metres out for no reason through the opposition's goals. Things have happened. <laughs> but the one thing I want to talk about is Andrew Brayshaw. He was really good. Yeah, that's good to see. He's probably um, He hasn't quite had that dominant game no, yet three goals and 26 touches and yeah. really looked good he looked quicker than i think i've ever seen him he was sort of burst through a couple of tackles which was really good he's quite a neat ball user it was the first time i've seen what i think selectors saw in him the most times i haven't even quite seen the glimpse yet he's just been sort of okay in there but this was the first game my eyes really got open to what he can do yeah from what i've seen with him this year he's been consistently pretty solid but he, he has had some big moments there's mm. been times where he's just put on a big tackle or done something really classy well, he always late. comes up in chris judd's toughest moments something or oh, does he, does yeah. he? Or, it'll, or it'll be just like he'll do something quite clean and composed late in the game and he's, he's had a lot of like big moments where you're like oh yeah i can see a bit there but he just hasn't quite put together a, a full game of really good footy uh, but he has now. And so, yeah, hopefully that's a sign for the future for Freya. Yeah, I think that this could easily sort of spur him on into bigger and better things. He'll yep. be quite interesting to watch as he develops because they need something coming up underneath in the midfield because it's Fife and Hill and Walters when he's there, but not much else at the moment. And he's better than his brother at the moment, so uh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we can say that much, both of them, to be honest with you. 
Well, one of them's not playing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he's, he's the best Brayshaw. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying uh, both <laughs> of his brothers were better than Angus. And Angus was the worst. Is what I thought. Oh you were saying. yes, no, no. Angus is probably thought, better than Hamish yeah. just for now. Yeah, I thought that was a bit <laughs> rough to say he's worse than the guy that's. He's not the playing. best Brayshaw in the family <laughs> at the moment. Uh, anything else we want to say about Freo? They're just pretty bad now. They're becoming irrelevant it, very quickly. It's hard to fathom how little people are talking about their injuries. They've been done as dirty as nearly anybody. Like, I think at, they, at, they at this point, the length of injury list do. At this thing point is in time, in a specific area for their forwards. It's pretty bad, and they lost Ryan, who's like leading. Yeah. Uh, the intercept possessions in the league, and it's just really, really grim at the moment. I don't think they've updated their injury list, but as of last week, it was quite long anyway. Yeah, and they've they've just with that happening, they've just completely fallen into a hole. Like they were yeah. when they beat Collingwood, and there was all this. Quite excited about they them. They beat Geelong away. They the beat GWS away. They've just, just absolutely. Their highs have been, been really promising, and yeah, ever since they lost all their forwards and all their key defenders, yeah. it's just been grim. Yep. And anyway, Banjo, uh, most exciting thing out of the Bulldogs game again. It's time for what will probably be quite a quick Billy Gowers watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gowers. Billy. Yeah, so lay it on me. What did Billy do this week? Well, he uh, I don't know, Banjo. I don't know, to be honest with you. Uh, he didn't get selected because Bevo's an idiot. Uh, yeah. And the VFL enemy team... Enemy of the pod. The, he is an enemy of the pod, yes. The VFL team had a buy. So I did my research. I did my hard work. But I don't know. Would you reckon he was just smashing a few frothies on a Saturday night and That would be my guess. As uh, he deserves. Our man knows how to live. Yeah. And obviously, he's a very, very good drinker. So I, I can imagine it was quite a few without, he, without he, affecting He, he would smash a frothy oh, Billy yeah, Absolutely. He would absolutely. annihilate his frothies. But I think you have brought something to the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was watching. Uh, I, I've done something that you are incapable of, and that's I've gone on Twitter. And mm. I have looked... I've Gone back, to, gone to the archives, and we have we had a look at some of his most recent tweets. Well, I'm um, excited. They did happen ten weeks, ten days ago, but we did forget last week, so I kind of feel like we <laughs> we are owed this. Don't one. mention that, Banjo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he started a whole thread, and he went on a storm. He doesn't normally tweet that much, but he's had about five tweets all about the same player. Can you guess who it was? Ah, oh, Marcus Bontempelli. Oh, you'd think, it, but it wouldn't. Not even from his oh, own no, team. I know he's messaged about Crips before. Yeah, because so he Crips. used to play Carl. No, it's not even from his old team. Not even from. It's Carl. about the one, the only Mitch Brown. What the SM AFL player? superstar Mitch Brown? Yeah. <laughs> Why is he talking Pick about Pick fifteen Mitch in Brown? the two thousand and eight draft or something. I don't know, but he goes. Mitch Brown is one of my favourite players. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's anybody's favourite player. He then. Throws up a kick, a clip of uh, Mitch Brown kicking a goal. Then a few minutes later, tweets another one when he kicks another goal. Then another video of a, that goal saying this bloke is a magician. And then fi- final, finally finishes all up with uh, this tweet aged perfectly. Banjo, this uh, seems a bit like he's got the same... Uh, Sick obsession with Mitch Brown that we have with Billy Gowers. It <laughs> just picks out the most average player he can find in the competition and then just get really, really excited about him for some reason. Is he mates with him or something? I have no idea. They're nowhere near in age. Mitch Brown's like 28, maybe older. Billy Gowers is 22. Mitch Brown is a classic mediocre footballer. He's doing the same thing that we do towards Billy. He just picks an average player and gets really excited about him. Who are you calling average? 
Not Billy Gowers. Yeah, I thought not. Thought <laughs> not, not at all. But anyway, let's move on. That's Billy Gowers' watch. Uh, GWS defeated Port by one point in pretty much the only close game of the round. So let's talk about it. Damn it, Banjo. I tipped Port Adelaide. I thought it was going to be a really good tip. I just thought this was one of those games they lift for. And well, I, haven't been, I haven't been really sold on uh, GWS and, you know, very, very injured. And I just thought they'd been just sort of going a little bit and thought they might get over the top. Really frustrated to not have got away with it because Port had... Uh, a lot of chances late in the game to, to win the game. Real arm wrestle of a game, Banjo. Really low-scoring game. Against two teams who are generally, well, at least this year, they've probably been quite attacking. Uh, both quite yeah, quite a defensive game of football. Yeah, was it wet at all? Not I particularly, yeah. I don't think so, no. Just an absolute slog. Both teams happy to shut it down, but I don't know. This is a good, this was a way for GWS. It's a good win. Not a convincing one at all, and it really kills Port's chances of finals. Yeah, Port Adelaide are in a lot of trouble at the moment. Uh, GWS, where do you reckon they'll end up finishing? Fifth or sixth. Yeah, don't, they'll they win a final. It'll be the same as last year. They'll win a final, then lose to somebody. Yeah, they've got a pretty nice run home. Um, so they'll end up finishing in a reasonable position. We'll end up looking at them being like, hey, it's an okay year, but it it's does feel like okay a bit of a waste year. of a year. Um, mostly injury related i i do think i they just they haven't been able to have a real run at it when their core has been together yeah it's it's hard to ever say like i don't think they've ever had that really every year's been a wasted year since 2016 yeah you're right and 2016 was probably a wasted opportunity more than a wasted year but they blew 2016 as well the best side in it probably that year yeah it does feel like it'll be a thing in a few years' time. We're going to look back and be like, gee, that early GWS team, geez, they really did waste something there. Because yeah. they, they've had such a great list together. And when they're playing well, they play such a good brand of footy. But they just, yeah, they, they had a couple of years there when they were really, really good and just missed out on making a grand final. And then since then, they've again, they've threatened, but they've just never quite clicked. And it does feel like it's just another year which has gone by and they've been okay. Yeah. Do you think they'll ever win one with this list or is it getting to the point where you're sort of riding them off a bit? Well, I did tip them to not make the eight this year. <laughs> That's <laughs> this true. Year. And I, I still kind of believe in that my theory I have behind that in that I don't think the club is in a great situation at the moment. And I think at the moment their performances Masking kind of, you. yeah, put a band-aid over something. And I, and I think once they, if they lose just a few more top end players, which will probably happen, I can yeah, see well, them Canelio dropping. Still hasn't re-signed. Taranto has, but does that mean yeah. something about Cornelio? Potentially. Mm. But well, I can see them dropping a little bit when it drops with them, just because they don't have the real strength behind yeah. it. I can see it dropping quite dramatically. And I, I can see them really bottoming out and us looking at it being like, geez, GWS, that club's not in a very good position. And they just wasted their chance to really build some success. I, I can definitely see that happening with GWS. Yeah, it's a bit worrying. Um, they just, they've got to put it together. I think there's a few things holding them back. Their medical department yep. really needs more investment and reform. And yeah, they just, they don't ever add to what they've got. And I, they never seem to be playing above what they are capable of. A lot of, most teams at least flash that, but I don't think I've ever seen GWS play better than their station. And they need to figure out a way to do that because you can't always just rely on talent to win and that's all they do. Look, at least Toby Green has been good for my fantasy team. Yeah, but you're not that, that's finals, all that matters. So He's been matter? absolutely flying the last month. I could make finals, mate. You're playing the second team. If you lose, I'm in. 
I think I've scored more points than him over the year, and I threw away about three weeks. Yeah, but we know that he's just had a ridiculous run, old Poochie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, anyway, no, let's, no, anything to say about measure. Port? Oh, not really. No, not really. I'm just, I'm really disappointed in Port Frio, a couple of teams who I really like and yeah, really true. showing you a lot of promise. You have had a stinker. Oh, no, nothing. The only thing, like, Brisbane are the only, like, light at the moment in football for me. Like, they are good to not watch. Not even West I Coast? I hope they do well. Oh, because they what they did to you? No, well, West Coast is just, like, it's the lesser a of side. a bunch of eagles. Like, it's like... I'd... Did you just have a Freudian slip and say the lesser I of think, a bunch of eagles? I think I might have, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I'm not... Depressed about West Coast being good, but I don't yeah. really care about them being good. I would like to see Brisbane be good. That's <laughs> the only thing that kind of makes me happy in the footballing world. But no, I don't know. Port, no, nah, I don't. No, can't fair be enough. Let's move on then. <laughs> Essendon defeated Gold Coast by ten points. I am staggered with the reaction around this game. A lot of positivity around Essendon. They nearly lost to Gold Coast, yeah. who are the worst team in the competition by a long way. Who have been completely and utterly uncompetitive. Yeah, depressingly weeks. so. Yeah. And they nearly... And they f- almost fluke a win a minute to go down by two points. That's not a win you've really earned. And yeah, there was a few umpiring things that didn't go their way, but it's the Gold Coast. You shouldn't need a goal from Hooker with 30 seconds to go. It just shouldn't matter. Yeah, what's the reason for that? I mean, so they had Heppel out. Yeah. And then Connor McKenna was obviously out for his wedding or whatever. They but still- that's not... That's not Desperate. I don't think their injury yeah. list is in any sort of a desperate state. It's pretty sort of standard at the moment. They um, are missing a few of their stars, but it hasn't affected them at all. No, like I, I just Danaher and Devin Smith as well. But they've been out for ages, and it hasn't changed their form. There's something particular about this game that made them play considerably worse than they have for months. Yeah, and look, I, I don't, I don't think that it's a big problem that they nearly got beaten by the Gold Coast. I think they put up a problem if they lost. Yeah, they put up a poor performance and they got over the line and they they got there. But it's been interesting that like all the talk about it, people have been like, how great was it by Essendon to get over the line, being really calm and composed in the last few minutes. That's not how I feel about the game. It was they put in a real disappointing performance. They got over the line, like deep breath, relaxed a little bit, but, you know, pretty disappointing performance. It, It has to be seen in that light. Yeah, it's just... I don't know what to say about this, and they've had such a good run. If this is their shit the bed game and they still won, that's a good thing for yeah. them. But this is not inspiring form. But you got to give them a pass because they've played pretty well for two months straight now. For the Gold Coast, it's nice to see them competitive again. They've been both killed by injuries as a staggering amount of teams have this year, and they just don't have any depth to cover it, and they've been so bad for so long. Just some light for them is a positive. Yeah, well, it's nice to put up one good performance, I suppose, but generally teams will once every... How many weeks has it been since they won a game? <laughs> uh, it's around 20... They, they, mm, it's 15. They have been truly, truly terrible. So like putting up one good performance, yeah, I wouldn't be getting too excited about it. Uh, where you, how positive are you feeling about the package at the moment, Banjo? Um, I've heard a lot of like in all Australian contention sort of calls. I think he's had a really good year. I he's, do like him, but I'm not sure. If he's in all Australian contention, that says more about the quality of small forwards this year than anything else. Yeah. I think he like... 
He, he's played more of a team game than he has in the past, and I think people are really enjoying him for that reason. But it might be one of those things where we had, from that perspective of being a team player, we had such low expectations of him. <laughs> but the fact that he's showing something now, everyone's really drawn to him, and he's a big-name player, so it's kind of nice to be able to pat him on the back about that sort of stuff. But his actual form, compared to what it was when he was All-Australian previously. Oh, yeah, he kicked 50 goals last time he was All-Australian. Yeah. And he it, kicked 40 the next year. He's been, he's, a, he's been a consistently good role player who's lifted in big moments, which is something which you need to have. But I don't think he's been... It hasn't been star quality, I guess. He's been marginally better than Cam Zerha. It's good to hear. He's been 0.3 goals a game, 0.3 goal assists worse, and pretty much everything else is dead even. <laughs> Yeah, well, that sums it up a little bit, doesn't it? I think, I think there's just a bit too much excitement around uh, the He looks the awesome doing everything he does, and he's so fun to watch when he's up and going. But let's slow our roll. It's actually it's scary how similar the stats are. I'm going to make <laughs> you look at them later. Did you just compare everyone to Cam Zerha, Banjo? Is that no, because they're reasonably... Whenever any player is brought up? No, because they're reasonably similar <laughs> players in the way they play. They've both got a good fan. They're both reasonably explosive mid-side fours. Both take a decent mark. No, just they're a good comparison. All right, Banjo. We got ours off the rookie list, not at pick five. Good on you, Banjo. Good on you. Just let me flex. But that's the end of another uh, quite boring game out of quite a boring round of football, isn't it? The only way I could make that entertaining was talk about Cam (laughs) Zerha. That's been an average round of footy, Banjo. Anyway, let's move on. Let's get to Poochie's mailbag. And uh, I think you'll take us away. Yeah, first question for you, Banjo. Uh, How is it that Noah Answorth has again been overlooked for a Rising Star nomination? That is a uh, good question. Uh, Especially when you've got got a name like Noah Answorth. You should stand out a little bit. It's a pretty good name. Uh, Or what I give uh, the person that asked this, Dan Crowley, who I'm now speaking terms with again. Uh, I want to give him a shout out for uh, being very fatalistic and asking this before the Rising Star nomination had been announced. So, uh, yeah, props to him for just knowing what was coming. Ben King was a rising star and because Ben King played really well as a key forward and deserved it. There's no, no two ways about it. He'll get his nomination in a week or two. There's not many left and, uh, yeah, they just get the dregs because they're the dregs of the competition. Yeah, he has actually been pretty good. He's been very Noah good. Answorth, but, and uh, he'll be a more featured role with Witherden out. So. Don't want to mention him too much, though, because I don't like those Crowleys. They're just a bunch of bullies. Oh, both of them. Oh, uh, well, yeah, they, they feed yeah. in on each other occasionally. Wait, who's the, who's the one we don't... Dan's the one Dan's we don't Dan's the one like who doesn't yet. like you, he's I the, think is the point. He's the big bully. All right, fine. It's just Dan that I don't like. Banjo, ask me a question, please. Uh, is Melbourne reportedly offering Nathan Jones a $265,000 a year contract a disgrace for years of surface yeah it's not great it's real yeah, ordinary. It, is, it is quite disrespectful i guess um that's probably his worth or not too far from his worth oh uh, no he's worth more than that but look what's I, he worth 300 i don't know i don't know the salaries he's too well. old you start taking a discount at that age it look it, it sounds very low i wonder if it comes from a thing of He's just been so loyal and has just signed with us in a second every time that we just have a thing of like, oh, he'll probably want to hang around another year. Let's just give him a really low contract. I expect he'll probably sign it and then we'll be away. <laughs> like, I wonder if that's where it comes from. We just kind of expect he's going to sign for anything because he loves the club so much. Yeah, probably, but it's it's a bit rude. Oh, I, I agree. It is quite Yeah, he should get a 400 grand a year contract just for having to put up with your shit for so long. Yeah, uh, he's a great of the club, Jonesy. He is a great he of the will, club. Yeah, he'll play on and he'll sign. I don't have any issues with that. But uh, yeah, I do find that a bit disrespectful to him. So yes, is that from Poochie? That was from Poochie. Good question, Pooch. 
Banjo, uh, can Josh Caddy fit into Richmond's forward line or will he be played at half-back like in the VFL? And do you think he is in the best 22? So, a few questions in there, a bit of a loaded one. Uh, I don't think he fits into their forward line, given I don't think the way they're functioning. Rewalt barely fits in their forward line at the moment. They haven't figured that side, side of things out. And I don't think they can fit another pseudo-key forward attracting sort of leading opportunities and contested marking opportunities to... I think they really need to stick with Rewalt and Lynch and get that right before they add anything else in the mix. And uh, I think if he's going to play, he'll be playing mostly as a midfielder resting forward or as a halfback occasionally. Yeah, well, yeah so he's been playing halfback in the VFL and apparently quite well. Yeah, and like I could see that working. Their halfbacks have been okay. Short's been... Well, Hooley's been really good. Short's been okay working back from injury. Broad's fine. Like there, There's room there. It, it, it's not. It's a strong point. But it's not like unbreakable that part of the ground for them. So yeah, you know, I don't. I'm not sure he's best twenty two at the moment. Though. You've got to remember, he was drafted as a midfielder. He just kind yeah. of fell into the forward line and then just kept playing well there and just sort of stayed there. That's so true. He, I think he would be quite a flexible player, and I can see him coming into the team and finding a spot somewhere. But they're playing pretty well at the moment. So <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think he'll be introduced until. Something goes wrong, I guess. Yeah. I think they'll hold him back. There's yeah, no yeah. need to play him but yet. You, yeah, you feel like he could fill in a, a few different roles. Uh, yeah, uh, and I'll ask you one to finish up. Uh, how does a team play Carlton and not tag Patrick Cripps? Is this the worst coaching move of the year? No, no, no. Cripps is like, he's just such a hard player to tag. Oh, I can understand just being like, you probably want to have a player standing next to him, but you're not going to put a hard tag on Patrick Cripps. You're not going to stop him. The best thing you can do is knock him down from 39 touches to like 33. He's just not a taggable player. There if are... six of those were clearances, I think that's worth it. They should have done something. 19 clearances, as we said, is just too much. You can't let someone do that. And they let it go all day. I think to say it's one of the worst coaching moves ever is extreme. I think there would be a lot of coaches. It's not as bad as putting Caleb Daniel back or Norton Shut up. I think think there'd be a lot of coaches who would say, I just don't think Patrick Cripps is a taggable sort of player. There are are some players who you can tag, generally quite outside sort of players. You can put a tag to and it can become quite difficult for those players. They get frustrated, etc. But Cripps is just going to see the ball go at it and he's too strong. He'll just bust out of any sort of tackle or pressure you put onto him. I, like, maybe you do tag him, but I don't think it's a, it's a terrible move. He has been tagged out of games this year. Dylan Clark did a good job on him. It's not un... Yeah. It can't not happen. I don't think it's going to... Like, that, that's not going to work consistently against Cripps. I think it's worth a shot because I think it's better than letting him run rampant to the point that he did. But anyway, let's end up... Finishing up, Banjo, with a question off battle situations with unexpected handicaps. Apparently, I haven't asked this one, uh, according to you. So let's go with it. Uh, I don't remember it. Jerry Springer, but he got sprayed in his left eye with hospital-grade disinfectant versus Dr. Phil, but he got drizzled in his right eye with industrial-strength superglue. So is that on his eye or like on his eyelid gluing it shut? What, with the super glue you're asking? Yeah. Oh, he's just got drizzled in his right eye. So I, I look, I assume if you have some glue on your eye, it, no, it wouldn't stick, I guess, would it? It wouldn't actually like glue shut as you're closing because it would have no time to dry. It just says drizzled in his right eye, Banjo. That's all I can tell. I think it's, I think it's at best glued, sh- at worst glued shut. 
at best, it's painful. So the yes, disinfectant yes. would really hurt, and I don't think you'd be able to focus on anything else. The glue, potentially, will just glue your eyes shut and you're half blind. Yeah, but it wouldn't have enough time to dry whilst you're blinking or whatever. Would it, would it just glue over the top of your... I don't, I don't really know. I, I need some medical... I think, you, I think it starts going in your eye. You shut, clamp your eyes shut because you react to it, and then it gets stuck between the two things. Guys, it does dry really quickly. Yeah, okay. So you think that that would be more of an impediment than that? Less, because I think the other guy is freaking out and losing his mind and might go blind in one eye yeah hospital grade disinfectants like acid jerry springer is quite familiar with fighting obviously yeah, which one which on one's the, the glue dr phil so he wouldn't be able to no fight. he played uh college football did he he was an athlete yeah oh okay yeah, he well, was that part of something a, new to the mix doesn't yeah it, he was part of the biggest loss in college football history <laughs> How do you know this? I read an article on it once. It's fascinating. <laughs> All right, so he wasn't very good. <laughs> but he was still a college athlete. Yeah, okay. I no, right. no knowledge that uh, Springer... And I think Dr. Phil's younger too. I'm, t- I'm just taking Dr. Phil. No, I'm going to go with Jerry Springer. I think he's more familiar oh, with fighting. Uh, that's what it comes he's down to. He's more experienced to witnessing a fight. Yeah, but uh, he would have seen some moves come out, Banjo. And he's just... It's part of his uh, So character. you think he's, uh, he's watched enough action movies that he can notice how to exactly. fight now? It's exactly... It's that sort of thing. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm thinking. I'm not sure I buy that. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening to this week's Plebs on Footy podcast. Uh, we'll see you next week.